finding the older I get, there are more and more things that I see that leave me blubbering like an idiot. They really pull at my heartstrings. And, and for all the scary stuff you can find on the internet, for, for all the stuff that you might say is just evil on the internet, there are so many videos like that. Uh, sometime go on YouTube and search adult adoption videos and find these families that have loved each other for years where an adult child starting their life on their own suddenly decides, I want your name. I want to be officially a part of this family. You can find thousands of them out there. If you watch them all, they will leave you absolutely wrecked. <laughs> they, will, they will wreck you. There's so many ways in our world that we tell other people that they belong to us. That we tell people that they are special. That we tell them that they belong to us and we belong to them. Adoption's one of them. Of course, marriage is another. I have some friends out today celebrating a grandson's marriage today. I hope they're having a wonderful time. Another way we see it is with engagement. And if you go online and you've seen the videos, you've seen them from your friends and you've seen them from others, the very, very intricate engagement videos that some people have out there. But we connect with other people and we, we form these bonds with other people until we realize we build a friendship and then we realize that this person belongs to me. And I belong to this person. We are one. This is us. This is who we are together. And who are we together? We are the people of God. Now that's an identity that runs all the way through the Bible. God chooses people. He says, you are my people. And as much as we might hear things like, like Israel is God's chosen people, Israel has a special relationship with God, God's plan for Israel all along was that they would be a beacon to the rest of the world. That, that they would be a beacon to other nations and call other nations to Him. And so when Jesus commissions His followers to come after Him, what does He say? Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Bring people to Me. You and I are here today because we were adopted. We were included. We have been made part of the people of God. I had a friend in college who went away over Christmas break one year and came back with a new last name. That was not unusual. A lot of the girls in college came back with new last names sooner or later. This was a, this was a guy though. He went away with one name on Christmas break. He came back with another because he had a stepfather who had stepped up. And in the months leading up to his own wedding, in the months leading up to, to uh, his, his marriage to his wife, Amy, he chose to accept his father's, his stepfather's name. He chose as an adult to be adopted, not just for himself, but he wanted his new wife, he wanted them to share this new name, this name that had meant so much. So as an adult, ready to establish his own life, he took that step of being adopted because something within us drives us to connect with other people. Something within us drives us to community, to, to that sense of belonging. That's the call of God all the way through the Bible. All the way through the Bible, God says to people, you belong to Me. And within that call, there's a, there's a progression. Just like we might see in a relationship with each other. We don't rush into connections. We, uh, we, we kind of enter those things slowly. We see in our relationships, we see that with each other. We don't rush into connection. We make it little by little. And it, it begins with accepting others. It begins with accepting others for who they are. 
Now, there's so many places we could go in the Bible to see this, but we're going to go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 9, just a few verses there, 22 through 26. If you're using the blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 945. Romans is the name of this letter. Romans, right up front, this should tell you this is not about Israel. This is not about the Jewish people, not all of them anyway. The church in the city of Rome was living out that question, who belongs to us? And they were living it out in, in new ways. And not without trouble. They had a lot to overcome in their relationship. They had some huge hurdles towards accepting each other. You know, generations of Jews have been raised to believe that the Gentiles were their enemies. That Gentiles were unclean. That Gentiles did not belong. They were not allowed to eat with Gentiles. And when, then when it came to Romans, you know, of all the Gentiles, the Romans, Romans were the oppressors. Romans had come in and taken their land. Rome, Rome oppressed them. And so Paul begins chapter 9, verse 22. He begins it with a what if. A what if question. He says, what if, what if God, desiring to show His wrath and to make known His power, what if He has endured with much patience vessels of wrath? prepared for destruction, in order to make known the riches of His glory for vessels of mercy, which He has prepared beforehand for glory. Even us, even us whom He has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. There's a lot to take in in those three little verses. But the question basically is this. What if you and I have been so short-sighted that we have separated ourselves from others that God has included? What if we have been sh so short-sighted that all we've seen is differences and we miss seeing something wonderful that God is doing by bringing us all together? Verse 24, he says, us whom God has called. And then he spells it out. Not just Jews, but Gentiles. Not those that were born of the right family. Not those born of the right tribe but those who have been called. God has drawn us to Him. People who are different. And yet God's plan, God's love is big enough to encompass them all. If His love is big enough to encompass us, then how do we treat each other? If He's drawing you and He's drawing me, then we have to see past our differences, the things of this world that separate us, the things of this world that cause us to have conflict. We have to see past those and learn to be accepting of each other. And this is where it starts. Like Paul, we could ask some what-ifs. We could ask some what-ifs here. We, we could ask some what-ifs. What if, what, if what if God is drawing that person that just irritates you? What if He's drawing them to Him just like He's drawing you to them? Am I willing to lay down my likes and my dislikes? Am I willing to lay down my opinions and allow God to use me to reach someone else, to reach, to reach a neighbor, to reach a, a stranger, to reach someone and help them find their way to Jesus? What if it's just as simple as you and me accepting someone for where they are right now, not perfect, but where they are right now, and trusting that God meets them there as well, because if, if God meets them there, then I should meet them there. That's where it begins. With acceptance. And when acceptance is present, 
we can continue and build a, a relationship. A relationship with, that includes others with us. Paul wants the Romans to know they're not an afterthought, by the way. He wants them to know they're not a mistake. And You'll hear preachers say this every now and then. I hope you don't hear me say it. But you'll hear preachers say this every now and then that, that the Jews refused to obey God, so God went to plan B. And you and I are plan B. We're, we're the second plan. Since the first one didn't work out, God decided to use us. That, there, there is no plan B. This was the plan all along. And to do that, Paul reaches back into the history of the Jewish people. He quotes from one of their prophets. He quotes from Hosea. A prophet, a prophet that God used with his own life, a prophet who with his own life would show God loves others and runs after those who are far away from him. Verse 25, Paul writes, As indeed he says in Hosea, those who were not my people I will call my people. And her who was not beloved I will call beloved. You hear the progression in Hosea's words there. Verse 25 again, those who were not my people, I will call my people. There's the acceptance. Hosea tells us that God doesn't keep people at a distance, but He welcomes them to Him. And as God, as God who includes draws us, He says, you belong to Me. It's not just about acceptance. The, the verse continues, and her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. Not just acceptance, but a relationship. You are beloved of God. And you hear the feminine there, right? Verse 25 again, Her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. You may remember that God called Hosea to marry a prostitute. God called him to marry this woman who has only known shame who has only known abuse, who has only known being used by others. She has never known love, and I want you to love her. I want you to bless her. I want you to sacrifice for her. Show her that she is beloved because my people Israel have forgotten that I love them. And I wonder who around us has forgotten that God loves them. Are there people in our community that have forgotten that they have value. Not just value for what they can do for other people. How they can be used. But value that they are accepted. That they are beloved. And that there's a relationship here for them. Here for them. I've called this series, This Is Us. I named it after the TV series. Some of you are fans. Some of you have watched This Is Us. If you've seen the series, you recognize these three people. These are the Pearson kids. The big three, that's uh, Kevin, Randall, and Kate right there. Randall, Kate, and Kevin in this picture as they get older. Now the, the Pearson three, the three kids, all of them born the same day, all part of the same family. I don't want to give you any spoilers. If you've not seen the show, this is a spoiler, okay? So be ready. One of them is adopted. Okay? You may not have noticed. One of them is adopted. Their parents, Jack and Rebecca, were expecting triplets. When Rebecca went into labor, they get to the hospital and there were complications. And Rebecca lost one of the babies. And on that same day, 
a baby boy was dropped off, a newborn baby boy was dropped off at the local fire station, and they brought him to the hospital to have him checked out. Jack and Rebecca, the Pearson family, had three cribs, three sets of clothes, triple the diapers, triple the formula, and as they say in the show, they, took, they were handed the sourest of lemons, and they went on to make the sweetest of lemonade by adopting Randall into their family. Randall became their son, not without struggles, of course, not without a search for his own identity, but all through the show, make no mistake, this is a family. This is family, and that is exactly what God calls us to be. What if what begins as a, as a what if here in Romans 9, what begins with a what if becomes a full declaration of who belongs to us and to whom we belong as well. What if all these things that we feel keep us apart? What if all the things that keep us separated? What if all the things that tell us these people are right, these people are wrong, these people are in, these people are out? What if it's possible that through the love of God, all of those just melted away? What if the love of God is greater than those things? And what if what we're left with isn't just acceptance, tolerance it isn't just a relationship what if what we're left with is family because this is us the people of god listen to hosea in verse 26 and in that very place where it was said to them you are not my people there they will be called sons of the living god it's an interesting choice of words that Hosea offers us words that Paul repeats in verse 26. In the very place. In that very place. Okay, what, what place? I feel like we ought to know what place he's talking about. What location are you talking about, Hosea? What location are you talking about, Paul? Could it be the temple they're talking about? Could it be that temple in Jerusalem that, with that wall of hostility that I talked about last week? That wall that kept the Gentiles out and said, you're not welcome here. In fact, if you cross this wall, you will have your own death on your hands. Could it be that place? Could it be the nation of Israel? Which is still disputed today. Which is still in dispute by several different groups. I don't think so. I think that very place, that very place where it was said to them, you are not My people, I think it's here. I think He's talking about our hearts. I think He's talking about our hearts when we reject people, our hearts are, the, are where we reject people. Our hearts are where we accept people. Our hearts are where we welcome people into relationship. Our hearts are where we call them family. And I think that's so important for us to catch. Because there are a lot of people around us who have been hurt by the church. There are a lot of people around us who have been hurt by the church. And when I say that, you understand I'm not necessarily talking about this church. I'm not talking about another church in town. I just mean the church. Somewhere at some point in their lives, they were not made to feel welcome in a church. They were made to feel unwelcome, like they didn't belong, like they weren't enough, like they weren't good enough, like they weren't the right people. And those feelings don't just go away. They fester and they grow and they continue. And pretty soon, all churches are like that in their minds. You, you go to church? That's great for you, but I wouldn't be welcome. Church people don't 
They don't like me. So wherever it is that you encounter that person who's been told they don't belong, that's where you accept them. That's where you engage with them. That's where you show them that they are loved. Whatever that place, whether it is, whether it is here in town, <laughs> whether it is at Walmart, whether it's at a restaurant, whether it's in the comment section on a certain Facebook page that you may look at every now and then, that's where you let people know they're valuable. That's where you tell them how valuable they really are to you. That's where you tell them they're valuable, that they are beloved, that they are welcome. And that's where others, that's where others have said you don't belong. But you tell them you're, you're family. And we are the people of God because as God draws us to Himself, He always draws us together. in that very place where it was said to them, you are not My people. There they will be called sons and daughters of the living God. That very place. Your heart, my heart, our hearts connected to the heart of God. That very place where someone was told they don't belong. Where someone was told they don't fit in. In that place they are called children of God. That's where it starts. So where does it end? Well, spoiler alert again, have you read to the end of the book? Have you read all the way to the end? Because when you get to Revelation chapter 21, verses 1-3, through we read, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be His people and God Himself will be with them as their God. They will be His people. They will be together. But that starts here. And that starts here. And I know you love the next verse. I know you love Revelation 21, verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. We love that verse, don't we? We cling to that verse. And we've cried a lot of tears together. And we've trusted that one day those tears are all gone. You go just outside the walls of this building and you will find people who are crying alone. You'll find people who have no one to share their tears with because they've not been accepted. Because they've not been included. Because they've not been made to feel welcome. Because no one has told them, we love having you here. You belong here. You're one of us. And So let's let this be a place where people know that they are beloved. Where people know that they belong. Where people know that they're one of us. I'm going to sing in just a moment. I'm going to sing that song. As the deer, right? Singing as the deer. I love the song. You know, it's based off of a psalm. And the psalm and the song both say, as the deer pants for the waters, so my soul longs after you. My soul longs to connect to God. 
As we come to communion, that's, that's what we're trying to do here. That's what we come for. We come for that soul connection. We want to connect to God. But it's called communion. Because we don't connect to God without also connecting to each other. We don't connect to God and, and put a barrier up between ourselves and, and someone else. We don't connect to God and tell someone else they're not worthy of our connection. I wonder about those who are longing for some connection, who long. I've told you before, when you hear about the deer, don't think of Bambi out frolicking in the field. This deer is dying of thirst. It is lost in the desert. There is no thirst. There's no water to quench its thirst, and it's going to die without that provision. Is it any wonder our world's mad? And any wonder that we've got people trying to find connection somewhere, anywhere, trying to find significance, trying to find some hope someplace. And we sit here with the greatest hope they could ever have, the greatest connection they could ever know. We sit here with the heart of God. So as we share together today, we thank Him for coming to us, to quench us, to, to heal us, to forgive us, to love us, to include us. And let's be praying for all of those who don't have that connection yet. All of those who don't feel connected to the heart of God, who don't know that they are loved, that they are included, that they are wanted. Let's make sure that what we've got isn't just for us, but it's for the whole family. Let me pray, and we'll sing. Father, You loved us in such a way that You would that You gave Your one and only Son. Father, there are those in our community and there are those in our lives. There are those who we encounter every day. and Sometimes those encounters are pleasant. Sometimes they are not pleasant. And every day we have an opportunity to connect them to Your heart. And all it takes is us reaching out to them. All it takes is us being willing to, to show them love or to forgive or to care for them in ways that they've never been cared for. It takes us being willing to say, like you said to Hosea, you are my people. And so Father, as we take communion today, it's not just what we take for ourselves. But it's what we realize you have given for all. That you so love this world that you gave your one and only Son. Let us never lose sight of that. In our communities, in our families, in our interactions with people, and in our hearts. Thank You for the bread that reminds us that You were willing to break Your Son so that we might know You. And thank You for the blood. Thank You for the cup that reminds us of that blood that was spilled, but also blood that binds us together, blood that makes us family. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.